This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Either you love it or you hate it. You're either one of those people who love curriculum and designing learning experiences, or you just can't get into a groove. It's just not your thing. We all know that lesson plans, even if you love them, can be really, well, annoying sometimes. Because the plans that we're required to have don't always prove to be the most helpful to us when we're teaching, right? Or the curriculum lesson plans are either like word-for-word scripts or they're just unhelpful. Lesson planning needs a revamp, am I right? Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what you think about lesson planning. I am dying to know. But on today's episode, we're going to talk about what we need to reconsider when we're lesson planning. Because you know you should be doing more than just writing down the next lesson from the curriculum into your plan book. But what really matters to our lesson plans? I've got you. Today, we're going to chat about the three things that we need to be reconsidering when we're planning math lessons. Whether you're using a curriculum, doing word problem workshop, my fave, pulling tasks on your own, or trying out building thinking classrooms, or some combination of those things. All of these approaches are based on the same set of research, and it's all linked in the show notes below. It starts with standards. You have to know the standards. And I know that sounds lame, but we have to reconsider standards. I've talked to colleagues and teacher friends that have said things like, yeah, I teach the standards or things like, yeah, this is standards based. But the truth is that it's just another thing we say now in education. I think most of the time when curriculums claim that or teachers claim that, They're just saying that because they think that's what they're supposed to say, not because they actually know the standards or they know if the task or the assignment is aligned to standards. So I say we need to spend some time reconsidering the standards when we're lesson planning. We have to know the standards inside and out. So read them. And put them into your own words. Sometimes we call that unpacking the standards. And I don't mean just one time 
you've unpacked the standards 10 years ago or three years ago or whenever that whole group PD was that you were required to do with your school or your team. I mean, unpack the standards every time you go to teach that unit. I used to think that knowing the standards was enough. But now I know that knowing the standards means that you know them inside and out. You know how they relate and how they build over time. And that really didn't just happen until I made it a priority for my long-term planning. So spend some time unpacking your standards. And actually, we're doing that in the planning for the best year of math yet. It's a live PD I'm hosting on August 2nd at 12 p.m. Eastern time. You'll get a recording. So if you can't make it at that time, don't worry. You can still join us because you get planning documents and a PD certificate. And if you sign up, it's $17 and you'll be ready for the best year yet. And you'll be totally planned for your year. So if you want to join us, go to monamath.com slash summer PD or click the link in the show notes. And part of reconsidering our standards is considering the learning target. So the second thing we're going to reconsider for what really matters when lesson planning is learning targets. So many schools, districts, principals require teachers to write them on the board. They do walkthroughs looking for learning targets written up. And here's the thing, that's just turned learning targets into a thing that we have to do. Do it, get it done, do it and forget it practice is what I like to call it. But we have to reconsider this one because learning targets can help our students take ownership over their learning. Think about it like this. If you were told to pack for a trip, but you were given no guidance except for maybe just some things you're supposed to do, like something like pack four bottoms, five shirts and outdoor wear. You'd be like, okay, but outdoor wear for a rainy, hot place, a tropical place or a cold and snowy place. What types of tops and bottoms? What activities will I be doing? Right. You want to know more so you know what to pack so that you're ready so that when you get there, you can be successful and enjoy yourself. We do this kind of thing to our students. You're supposed to problem solve and reason and justify your reasoning with evidence of your thinking. Describe your thinking with a model. Don't give up. Use your number sentences and make sure you apply your number sense and place value understanding. But we don't tell them what we expect or where they should be aiming for, right? But what if instead we said, okay, You need to solve word problems involving addition and subtraction of fractions using both a visual model like a rectangle or a number line and with an equation. That's how you will model your thinking. Wouldn't that give our students a lot more of an idea of what they're supposed to do? Then their reflection is going to mean a whole lot more. They can look at their learning target and say, hmm, I am able to use a visual model to solve the problems, but I'm still working on an equation to solve the problem. Learning targets from those standards that you unpacked will help your students take ownership and be more motivated in the classroom. Because basically a learning target is the standard rewritten, 
However, that's not all you need. You don't just need a standard and a learning target. Students can't just start doing the standard and the learning target one day, right? It's not like, oh, they don't know how to add fractions today. And then something happens like a lesson or an activity. And then all of a sudden they can do it. Instead, there's these small steps, right? That build toward that learning target or that standard. So you'll need to break that standard down into a learning target journey, right? What's the learning journey? Think of it like a path to the standard. So if we think about the third grade standard, um, using place value understanding to round whole numbers to the nearest 10 or 100. That's the standard language. Let's think about the things that students need to be able to do before they can meet the standard. Well, they need to understand the place values. They need to know what a 10 and what a 100 and a 1 is. Understand how to bundle 10 ones to get a 10. And then they need to understand estimation and rounding. They need to know the why. Why do we round? Why do we estimate? And they need to know how to estimate, right? Or how to round. Then, then they'll be able to meet the standard of using place value to round whole numbers. This is a learning journey for the standard. It consists of several learning targets. So as you are reconsidering your math lesson planning and unpacking and digging into those standards, start to think about how those standards build. And then when you're using those standards to write your learning targets, to make them meaningful for your students, the best way to do that is to think about what are the small steps or the learning targets that are relevant to your students that are going to help get them to mastering those standards. All right, the third thing that we need to reconsider for our math lesson planning, because it really matters, is assessment. I know that this is a hot topic, and I say hot topic, and then I laugh to myself because I'm like, is it really a hot topic to people outside of this little world? Probably not. But if you're listening to this, you've probably had a conversation in your school within the last few years about assessment, and what do grades mean, and how can we make sure grades are equitable? And I'm not going to get into grades and participation and homework, not on this episode. However, I am going to say, like I was saying before, it is an equity issue that our students do not know how they are measured. If our students don't know the learning target or how their work will be measured or assessed or graded, then that's not equitable. We What we measure and grade and assess needs to match our values and our vision for math in our classrooms. So if we say thinking matters more than answers, then that needs to be reflected in our grading. So one thing I think we need to reconsider is our criteria lists for our learning targets. Do you make these? Do you have these? I feel like criteria or evidence of student learning lists is a step that many people don't do. And if you don't do it, that's okay. But hopefully after this episode, you're going to start thinking about it because this does really matter. Criteria, or I simply call it a criteria list, is what you have to do to show mastery of the learning target. So another way you can think about it is what is the evidence of student learning? 
that you need to see to know your student understands. How will the student show you they are learning this concept? What will students say, do, or reproduce that will provide evidence of their understanding? When you've created this criteria list, it could just be two or three things, then you share that with your students. So going back to our standard of using place value to understand um, and round whole numbers <laughs> to the nearest 10 and 100, maybe our criteria list is that you would say students can show rounding on a number line. Students can round numbers to the nearest 10. Students can round numbers to the nearest 100, right? Those are all things that a student might need to do. Those are all related to that learning journey we talked about, yes. And then you're going to make it contextualized for your students. So you would say students can explain their thinking about why they rounded. Students correctly or accurately round to the nearest 10. Students accurately round, you know, 80% of the problems on this page to the nearest 100, something like that, making it really clear what students have to do to show mastery of that learning target. Okay, so as we wrap up today and you are thinking about going into this school year's planning, you're probably still thinking big picture planning, right? I just want you to reconsider those three things we talked about today, standards, learning targets, and that learning target journey, and the criteria lists. If you spend time unpacking this and understanding the progression and getting those standards into student-friendly language and then creating those clear criteria lists for what it looks like to meet the learning target, your planning is going to be so much better off this year. You'll be able to choose tasks, discussion prompts, and questions that align to the standards and the learning targets more easily. And then in the end, that's going to make your classroom a place where students' thinking takes center stage. Because if students aren't thinking and discussing their thinking, then they're not learning. Thanks so much for joining me today. And I hope I see you at the August 2nd training on planning for the best year yet of math so we can continue this conversation. And just remember, you can enroll at monamath.com slash summer PD. I'll see you there.